Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here, as always, with my good buddy Rich Hill on this quarantine. I don't even know what day it is anymore, Rich, because time has no meaning as far as I'm concerned. But we are technically creeping into the quote-unquote dead time on the NFL calendar, even though our entire life is one big dead time on the NFL calendar. And the Patriots' schedule is out. It has been released. I'm excited to break it down with you. Yeah, oh, me too. And one thing to think about right now, today as we are recording this, it is May 13th. In exactly four months, September 13th, is when the Patriots will host the Miami Dolphins at 1 p.m. to theoretically kick off the 2020 season, if everything still goes on as planned. That's crazy. We're only just four months away. We are just four months away. And who knows what the world will look like in four months if they're playing football to (laughs) empty stadiums. No one has any idea. But that's not going to stop you and I from making complete fools of ourselves by trying to look at this schedule and break down what's going on and how things look. So, Rich, when the schedule first came out uh, last week or so, and on the Thursday night three-hour NFL Network (laughs) breakdown special, uh, which – Hats off to the NFL Network for milking every possible second out of any sports news that's out there. What were your first impressions of this schedule? Uh, my first impression was I wonder what other things the NFL could televise for three-plus hours uh, just <laughs> for – it's a freaking schedule. Like, <laughs> they, they should do a four-day event talking about the supplemental draft before they did a three-hour release of the schedule. I mean, come on. Uh, but my, my first reaction of the schedule itself is uh, – this is pretty brutal. Well, welcome to the NFL, Jarrett Stidham. This is going to be such a difficult task for even if Tom Brady was at the helm. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, if the Patriots can come out of this season, like not completely beat up, not as a bottom five team, then I'm going to be pretty hopeful about the future. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the schedule itself, we can get into that. But we knew the opponents, the away games and the home games a long time ago. And looking at those opponents a lot of very, very tough games on that slate. The AFC West and the NFC West are two very good divisions. The Chiefs are the best team in football, obviously Super Bowl champs. NFC West is a brutal division. The Baltimore Ravens are going to be playing uh, the Patriots. Uh, I think it's going to be home, which is nice. But they've got a lot of really tough games, and it is Jarrett Stidham's essentially rookie season. I know he had one redshirt year behind Tom Brady, but he is now the starter unless something drastic happens, and they'll be throwing him right into the fire with these games. Yeah, no, my thought, too, is that it seems like the schedule was laid out 
specifically to make it as difficult as possible for the Patriots. You know, I feel like every fan looks at a schedule usually and it's like, oh, I can see a path to this team going 11 and 5. I'm looking at this one right now and saying, this is laid out in a way, whether you're talking about quality of opponent or, you know, three road games in a row, including one off of a short week ending in Miami. Like, it seems like this schedule is constructed in a way to inflict maximum pain on the post-Tom Brady New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You made a really interesting point before uh, we started recording about how maybe this is Roger Goodell and the NFL's way to appease the rest of the NFL fan base after suffering 20-plus years of the Patriots just slapping opponents around. They're just putting them up on the chopping block and having every possible angle on them so everyone can watch them just get beat up, which, of course, <laughs> translates into a 14-2 season for the Patriots and a number one seed in the AFC. Um, <laughs> yeah, instead of running the league for the next 20 years. <laughs> That's right. So I don't want to go through each game, game by game. I think that's a waste of time, especially this early in the offseason. There's a lot going to happen between now and September 13th when the kickoff happens. If it actually does happen, who knows? But uh, I think, as always, football season is broken down into four quarters. And let me go quarter by quarter and see if we can get a sense of how the Patriots are going to fare based on the slate of games here. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I'll, I'll kick it off by just listing the first four games of the season and uh, we'll let you react to it. Uh, as we said at the beginning, the Patriots kick off the season by hosting the Miami Dolphins on September 13th at 1 p.m. They follow that up going on the road against the Seattle Seahawks on the 20th, playing in a primetime game, uh, 8.20 p.m. kickoff. They follow that up by hosting the Las Vegas Raiders uh, at on the 27th. It's a 1 p.m. game. And then the final game of that opening quarter is on the road at Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs, a 425, uh, you know, afternoon doubleheader game. What are your thoughts? Yikes. Uh, on the plus side, love opening at home. Uh, it'd be good to open against Miami. I think that's a good way to get a quick statement win, get Jared Stidham some confidence, get him on, even used to being the guy under center. Uh, it's always good to open at home, I think. Because especially week two at Seattle, Sunday night, I cannot <laughs> think of a better or a worse trial-by-fire game for a young quarterback than to play at Seattle on a primetime game. Uh, probably the toughest place to play in the NFL. Uh, next to Arrowhead, maybe that's 1-2 and two or 1-1A. One and one A. And the Seahawks are going to be out for blood. This is their chance to show the world the Patriots are officially dead. The dynasty is over. We are going to be the first team to slap them around. The caveat, of course, is that game could very well be played in a completely empty stadium, which eliminates some of that that home field advantage. But it's still a cross-country trip. That's a brutal one. Home against the Raiders, I still can't for the life of me make out what this Raiders team is going to be. They could be good. They could be lousy. <laughs> uh, who the hell knows? But at least it's at home. And then at Kansas City, that's going to be a rough one, too. And then, uh, so I, I think this is probably looking at a two and two, a two and two finish here. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you with both the, the Seahawks and the Chiefs. I'm automatically chalk those up to losses. That's two road games against two of the most difficult venues to have to play in. Never mind the fact that the Chiefs are the reigning Super Bowl champs and the Seahawks have such a strong home field advantage. Good point on your end that if the people aren't allowed in the stadium, that might change the complexion of playing in Seattle. But that's still a very, very tough road game in prime time. My thought with facing the Dolphins in opening week is that in any other year, I feel like that would be a super positive thing. But playing essentially a rookie quarterback, Jared Sim didn't do anything last year. 
playing a first-year starter against Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, who knows every single trick that the New England Patriots are going to bring in Week 1. They have loaded up on talent on defense. They have one of the, the highest-paid secondaries in the league. They have also a young quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa on their end. A lot of former Patriots with the Dolphins that would absolutely love to say, all right, we moved on at the exact right time from this Patriots franchise. In any other year, I think opening up against the Dolphins would feel like a, a good thing, but I, I, this feels like a coin flip to me. Whether it's Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick under center for Miami, I honestly am looking at these first four games and saying hosting the Raiders is their best chance for victory, knowing that you know the Dolphins still have to put everything together. Maybe a shortened offseason will affect how all of their talent comes together. But best case scenario, I see the Patriots going two and two in this opening quarter. But I would say, you know, with, I don't think playing the Dolphins or the Raiders are guaranteed wins. And so I'm expecting them to go one and three over this stretch. Man, if a rookie quarterback who had a very limited offseason and no access to coaches or facilities comes into Foxborough week one and beats that New England defense, there is going to be chaos in the Boston <laughs> media, Rich Hill. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, so two and two, one and three, weeks one through four. Week five, they host the Denver Broncos. Week six, they're on a bye. And then they host the Niners uh, week seven before going to Buffalo on a 1 p.m. game Sunday, November 1st. How do you feel about the second half, the second quarter of the, the schedule? Yeah, uh, you were saying this before the podcast, too. A six-week bye is pretty rough. It's never good to have that break so early on. Maybe it'll be helpful with this team and with whatever the offseason goes uh, to have that early break to kind of reassess and approach the rest of the regular season. But you generally like to see the bye week come a couple weeks later, you know, roughly closer to the halfway point of the season but this is a much friendlier stretch for the the Patriots of course they're playing the the reigning NFC champs at home or I guess the, in New England uh, but they're playing the 49ers that's going to be a hard one uh, I would expect the 49ers to win that one but the other three games I would consider to be winnable uh, they, they are in that same category as that Dolphins and Raiders game in that first quarter where uh, you know it could go either way Patriots are on the road for two of them. They're hosting the Broncos. I think that the Bills have a very talented team outside of that quarterback, and I don't know what is going on with this Jets team. I don't think that they are very good, but that is a primetime game on the road for Jarrett Stidham, and so that could be another problematic one. I think the Patriots will go 2-2 two and two during this stretch. There's a chance they could go 3-1. and one. There's also you know, a chance that they could go 0-4, oh um, but I'm going to go stick with a 3-1 and one stretch right here, uh, bringing the Patriots to you know, a 4-4 four and four record at the halfway point. Yeah, I think the big question is the Patriots or the Bills. I think everyone is thinking the Bills are currently the team to beat in the AFC. They had a very strong season, uh, for them at least, in 2019. And this seems that they are poised of all the three AFC East teams in terms of history. They're poised to finally take up the torch of AFC East champs. And at Buffalo, you know, there's probably the best chance. I can't see the Buffalo Bills beating the Patriots at home. So if they split the season, it's going to be this one. Um, so I think this will be a very kind of a, a an identity-defining uh, moment for the Patriots because not only is October, Belichick always said when the season actually starts, but if they can get a good road divisional win, if they can beat the 49ers, the NFC champs, the old Jimmy Garoppolo coming home narrative we're going to have to deal with in week seven, um, I think that's a very, very strong thing. You talked about the Jets on Monday night, Stidham versus Sam Darnold. And maybe the Peyton versus Brady kind of 
2.0 of AFC East. That'd be cool if they were both really good quarterbacks and that was like a rivalry, but um, that's a Monday night game. Then they host Baltimore on a Sunday night game, so two primetime games back-to-back, weeks 9 and 10, 11. They're at the Houston Texans, who beat them last year, and then week 12, they are hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, quarter three of the season, Rich, how do you see that shaking out? That's pretty tough. That is a pretty tough stretch right there. <laughs> I, I mean, again, chalking the game against the Ravens in primetime as a loss, even though it's in Foxborough, I'm basically saying if the Patriots are squaring off against any team that made the divisional round plus, it's going to be more than likely to be a loss. Not just because of the Brady to Stidham change, but also just because there was a lot of turnover in the defensive front seven of New England. So there's a lot of challenges that they'll have. And the Ravens are a very good team. Uh, Texans and the Cardinals, I'm not so sure, certain about. I mean, playing in Houston is going to be hard, but I have no idea what the heck Bill O'Brien is doing with that team. They are trading away DeAndre Hopkins to bring back a running back who hasn't had a good year in four seasons. Um, and then, you know, they get to play DeAndre Hopkins the, the subsequent weekend. Um, I, I think that the Cardinals have a very clear upward trajectory right now. I mean, they could be... Uh, I think they have a very potent offense. And the question is whether they will continue their ascension uh, or will they take a step back like the Cleveland Browns did after Baker Mayfield's promising start to his career. So I I think there's a lot of things that could happen with both the Texans and Cardinals in those weeks. Um, But if we're just looking at the, the Ravens, Texans, and Cardinals games, uh, and then we could say that they, I, I would just, I mean, I would say one and two, is likely two and one is possible, but I would say that uh, the Texans game, I, I would give the Patriots, you know, like a, a one in three chance of winning that one. So ultimately through this stretch, I would say that the Patriots would go one and two, bringing their record to uh, five and six. Man, the Patriots with a, with a potential losing record going into November. It's been a long time since anybody saw that. There may literally be some listeners out there right now who weren't even alive the last time that was a thing, which is pretty remarkable to think about and, and makes us even that much more grateful for the Brady run. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting stretch. This is probably the most enigmatic stretch I'm looking at. I think Baltimore's going to be a loss. I agree. They're the they're the team to be for a long time. Uh, Texans, yeah, <sighs> I can never get a read in the Texans. It's at Houston, which I guess is an advantage, but they could be a much better team than they were last year, or they could take a huge step back. I think as of this conversation, they're a worse team, having lost one of the best receivers in the league and done very little to replace it. Uh, And I can see that team kind of collapsing on that, maybe not trusting Bill O'Brien by that point. A lot of things will depend on how the Houston Texans season is going up until that point. You know, if it's kind of a wash at this point, maybe guys have started checking out. Cardinals is definitely – I can see them, be, them beating the Cardinals. Um, and the Jets – until the Jets put a solid season together, I'm always going to chalk that up as two wins for the Patriots every single season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think two and two, three and one is, is reasonable for the stretch. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that getting into week 12, if they can – you know, including that bye week right there, if they can be close enough to 500 – That'll be a good spot to be in because they close the season with three divisional games. Um, and so if they, if they can get through what I consider to be the hardest stretch, I mean, going from, I don't even know if there's a reprieve from it, going straight through to the Texans game, uh, you know, opening up the season straight to the Texans. Those are all very hard games where maybe the Raiders is the only game 
where I would say the Patriots have a better than 50% chance of winning. You know, we could throw in the Dolphins game at the opener as well, and maybe the Broncos. Um, as And so, like, with those three games being coin flips, the Patriots are probably not going to be favorites in any of the other ones come the, that week itself. So if they can get through week 12 against the Cardinals, where they are, you know, five and six, maybe six and five, that would be fantastic. And I think it would be very, very promising for the future of the team. No, it's true. It's true, especially because they close out the they start to close out the week heading into December with three straight road games. They are at the Chargers on Sunday. They are at the Rams at 8.20 p.m. on Thursday. So only five days in or four days, excuse me, in between those two games. Probably stay on the West Coast for that, obviously. And then they head to everyone's favorite place in the NFL at Miami, where the Patriots have <laughs> had so much success before closing the season against Buffalo and the Jets at home. Uh, the Buffalo Bills game is a Monday night game. The Jets is a standard Sunday game. There's, I think the thought process was that Week 16 game versus Buffalo will be for the AFC East, depending on how things shake out in the season. I'm guessing that's what the schedule makers thought when they made that the Monday night game. But uh, December is usually when the playoffs are more or less locked and the Pats are trying to secure a playoff buy or jockeying for seeding. That might not be the case this season, though, depending on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, this will be where the Patriots make or break their playoff chances. I mean, I I wouldn't ever count New England out from the postseason, but... This is where we'll know, I mean, clearly we'll know throughout the whole season, but what will really be emphasized the quality of this team during this stretch. I mean, three road games in a row is so brutal, including two on the West Coast, one on a short week against the Rams. You know, the Patriots had a lot of success against their offense. The Rams are a team that invested super heavily into their team for that Super Bowl chance, uh, and then now they've had to trade away a lot of talent just because they weren't able to afford it. So this is a very different Rams team than what the Patriots played in the Super Bowl. But this is a Chargers team that is, you know, kind of going through a rebuild. They drafted Justin Herbert in the first round. They have a very, very talented defense. They could give Jarrett Stidham, Patriots offensive line, all of the the receivers a big run for their money. But I, I would expect and I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots beat the Chargers, even if it's on the road in the West Coast. That Rams game off of a short week, I'd be a little bit more curious about. And again, this is a Rams team that is not the same as they were in the Super Bowl. And in any other scenario, I would say, I mean, I'd give the Patriots a fair shot against this Rams team. Uh, just because I don't think that Sean McVay has shown the ability to kind of change up his offense enough with Jared Goff under center. And so, you know, I'd take Bill Belichick as the tiebreaker in that game. And going on the road against Dolphins in the third game, coming off of a longer week, I don't, I'm kind of curious to know if all the Patriots' misfortunes in Miami are just, you know, Tom Brady wasn't ready to, to go down to the heat. Uh, so <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, the, the Patriots always seem to have their house of horrors in Miami. I'd be curious to know if that continues with Brady no longer here. Um, so with those three games, I mean, they could go 3-0, they could go 0-3. That's the nature of three game road trips 
I would honestly say I would expect the Patriots to go two and one over the stretch. I kind of hmm. think that the Patriots have a better chance of beating the Dolphins later in the year, even in Miami, than they would in opening week. I just feel like a young quarterback against someone who's so familiar with the team is just the worst case scenario for Jarrett Stidham going against Brian Flores, where they'll have a little bit more of a chance to develop their identity come later in the year. Uh, and then hosting the Bills and the Jets, that's a pretty good way for the Patriots to end the season. Uh, playing at home against the divisional rivals, I would choose the the Patriots in both of those. So for all of the, the doom and gloom that I said at the beginning, there's a chance that the Patriots could finish the, the season on a five-game winning streak, and I would not be too surprised. I would expect them to go closer to three and two, uh, where they they win one of their games on the road trips and they close out with two victories, uh, and that would bring them to close out the season around eight and eight. Tell you, man, eight and eight wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for this Patriots team. It'd be so funny to watch people who just don't know how to root for an eight and eight team react to it. <laughs> um, but that's not anybody's fault. Yeah, and I don't know. It'd also be funny if Jarrett Stidham was just kind of like the Miami Whisperer, where that's like where he always won every year. <laughs> um, that would be really funny because like he always dominates Miami. Yeah, I, I love closing out the season against the Bills and the Jets at home. It's really, really important this year more than ever, even though it's probably not going to be a conversation we're going to have, Rich. But this playoff bracket only has one bye. The number one seed only gets a bye in, in this 2020 playoff. So uh, I doubt they'll be competing for that one seed at this point. But if they are through some kind of Belichickian, Stidamian miracle, um, and if they play their cards right, they can basically be at home from December 20th all the way till February, which would be amazing. But again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, the three-game road stretch is brutal. Uh, I think it's a, ultimately a good thing they can stay on the West Coast for the entire time and not have to fly back and forth. But to go from Los Angeles straight to Miami, that's just that's just really, really rough. Uh, what I do like about the schedule as a whole, and that will be broken down the entirety of it, I think we will know for sure, A, what we have in Jarrett Stidham as a quarterback yep. talent, uh, and B, how he'll be able to respond to not only – being the heir apparent to the greatest quarterback of all time, which are impossible shoes to fill, but how he can handle a pretty high pressure, intense situation in terms of games, in terms of opponents. Uh, this is the ultimate, you are going to be a successful quarterback in this league, Jared Sidham, or you aren't. So being able to use this season, which might be kind of a wash anyway, depending on coronavirus and shortened games or whatever the case may be, it might be the ideal situation in that the Patriots will know what they have going forward in 2021 and beyond, or if the time to totally blow everything up and start from scratch. Yeah, no, I completely agree that there's a lot of older players on this roster that might have just one or two more years with the team. Looking at the McCourty brothers, Julian Edelman, uh, there, there are, you know, Patrick Chung as well. So this could be the last couple of years for seeing what the Patriots have. And if it's very clear that they don't have it this year, then I could see the Patriots saying, all right, we're going to kind of just start our rebuild right now, shipped away some of the, the older talents and, you know, try and collect as much draft capital as possible. Uh, I, I think what's also important to note that even though, you know, I think this could this is an 8-8 eight eight team, uh, they could go six and ten. They could go ten and six. So much of what it means in the NFL to reach the postseason is having a bounce or two go your way, right? I mean, if, if you make a field goal in two games, that could be the difference between going ten and six and eight and eight. And if Jared Sidham makes a couple of big plays, it could be enough. If this defense comes out and still plays at that top level that it did last season, maybe you know a Jared Sidham leading the Patriots to 
19 points per game could be enough to make the postseason. And so while I think that this team is 8-8, eight and eight, I think that it's just as likely that they go 10-6 and six as they go 6-10, and 10, there just has to be a few bounces and then they could make the postseason. I, I don't think it's out of the question that this could be a playoff team and it's not out of the question that this team could be drafting in the top 10. And that's kind of why they play the games. Uh, and if the Patriots can get through that middle stretch, uh, talking about that on the road against the Chiefs, hosting the 49ers, on the road against uh, uh, the Bills, and then hosting the Ravens. Uh, you know, I m- skipped a few games in the middle there. But essentially October and November are going to re- just really define what this team has and whether we're looking at like a 2009 sort of situation where Bill Belichick looks at the roster and says, you know what, we just don't have it. I've always said, man, I think it's, it's interesting, especially this year, you know, in order to succeed in the NFL, you need to have talent, which we don't know for this Patriots roster, uh, and you need to have luck and health. And you can't control the latter two. You can only control the talent you have. I think there are some good players on this team. It's not like they've done a ton of things to address their offensive woes this season. Uh, they've, they've bolstered the defense in a lot of ways, but they've lost a lot of guys too. So I think it's actually kind of fun in a lot of ways, Rich. Um, usually around this time when we're talking about our, our breakdown of the schedule, we've been like, all right, so they're going to be 13 and 13 and one coming into week, <laughs> week, week 15. Uh, against the, the one of the two seed. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, who, 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 who's the competition for the one seed? And that's basically the conversation when it comes to the Patriots schedule. Not are they going to win 12 games? Of course they are. Not are they going to make a deep run? Of course they are. It's what seeding they're going to finish at based on the schedule. And we're now breaking down the schedule and this team as like normal, everyday analysts who actually have to work at September games. These games matter <laughs> because we're looking to build things. Uh, and it's kind of refreshing in a lot of ways. This is not a Super Bowl or bust franchise. This is not a Super Bowl or bust schedule. And in that respect, in a weird way, I am really excited about it. Yeah, same. I mean, there will be a lot of young talent. And I was reading someone who was tweeting this out. I forget who it was. But effectively, and what the Patriots usually do, so it's not like a different way, but they, they drafted a lot for the future in recent years. And it's coming to head right now. So whether it was taking Stidham last year uh, or Nikhil Harry, we're seeing Isaiah Wynn getting his opportunities, Sony Michelle. There's a lot of young, super young players on the offensive side of the ball, and as well in the defensive front seven right now, that will get the opportunity to really emerge and change the like the outlook for the upcoming years. And I know it's as you said, we don't know what the talent is right now, and that's in part the Patriots' decision. You know, they they've invested heavily in young players with the draft. They have a lot of draftees on the team, all a lot taken in the first few rounds. So if these players can emerge, you know, if Nikhil Harry can take that leap, we're looking at an offensive lineup with Nikhil Harry, if he can be good, like live up to that first round billing uh, with Edelman. And then, you know what, even Mohamed Sanu, I know a lot of people are frustrated with the fact that they gave up a second for him, but he's a very, very good number three wide receiver and, you know, low end number two. That could be a very good offense, you know, throw in whether or not these young tight ends can develop into something early and quickly. Then you have a dominant offensive line. You have a great, great roster of running backs. This is a team that could, you know, grind out a lot of games. This could be the exact same thing as the 2001 Patriots where they just wrote Antoine Smith uh, and allowed some guy to be a game manager. Uh, (laughs) and, And this could just, you know, be the start of, an opportunity for all these young players to really assert themselves and show what they're made of. 
Man, if Jarrett Stidham emerges as like the second greatest quarterback of all time, that would just be so amazing. And I think people would just quit football altogether for 20 years of <laughs> Patriots. And it'd be sweet. Uh, I'll close out with this, Rich. I know you said you think they're kind of going eight and eight or, or maybe 10 and six, between six and 10. I'd like you to give your prediction of absolute floor for this team in terms of little, uh, worst possible record and absolute ceilings with the best possible record based on what we know now. Ooh, good one. All right. So absolute floor. Uh, I'm going to say that the absolute floor is a 5-11 and 11 team. Uh, right. There are enough games that they should win at home uh, that, you know, even if they don't win all of them, they're hosting the Raiders, they're hosting the Broncos, they get to host the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets, uh, and then they get to, you know, the Cardinals, they're a make-or-break team. There's enough of those games littered throughout the season that I think that the Patriots, you know, those are coin flip games, but it comes up heads half the time. So uh, I expect the Patriots floor to be a five and 11 team. Uh, Maybe they'll draft like in between the five to 10 spot in the draft, which would be a pretty good one. uh, If they happen to need to get like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, something like that. So, uh, because if they go into that five and 11 spot, they'll probably need a new quarterback. It'll probably be because Jarrett Sidham has shown that he's not it. And then the Patriots will be in a good spot to to take the guy of the future. Absolute ceiling. I have a very hard time seeing them beating the Seahawks. Hard time seeing them beating the Chiefs. Hard time beating the 49ers, the Ravens. Uh, and so that's 12 and four. Uh, and I mean, I gave that like a zero percent chance of happening because every literally everything else would have to go their way. So I think the ceiling for this team is 11 and five. Uh, so I, I think that the Patriots, that would be potentially good enough to, to win the AFC East, uh, definitely not get the one seed, but they could make the playoffs. Five and 11 and 11 and five. Very symmetrical, Rich. I like it. Uh, and again, the last time the Patriots won 11 and five with a kind of a first year, second year quarterback, uh, good things happened. So that'd be nice. We kind of come full circle. I think it's a tough schedule, but again, the good thing about this whole thing is we will know a lot about this team going forward over this coming season, assuming it even happens. Otherwise, this is always the moot conversation, and I don't know what I'm going to do with my Sundays this fall. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's a lot of uh, a lot of time between now and then for things to change. Uh, so we'll see. There will be a lot to break down during this off season, if and when you know these players start releasing their Instagram videos of how they've been working out, so we can parse through the minutia of that to say, <laughs> "Oh, look at Nikhil Harry's footwork! It looks like he's shining right now." Uh, so <laughs> we'll have all that analysis that you need on patspulpit.com. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with any and all changes. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on the Patriots' schedule for 2020? No, that's good, man. I think it's going to be an interesting season. Absolutely. Me too. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later, man. Later, man.